It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for the opening, the, the opening drive. So, Dan, I think that overall, uh, let's let's reset. We heard from Justin Fields; he was not in a great mood. We heard from Matt Eberflus; he thinks they're close. And then we hear from Luke Getzey, and these are just the highlights. There was a lot of other things in between, but I found myself, and I, this doesn't happen often with Luke Getzey. And I'm curious if we will just start here to get your perspective. I always think he's the guy that's going to tell us the truth and be the most grounded. And when he talks about being close to being special with this Bears offense that hasn't scored more than 20 points since week 11 last year, I wonder if he's been infected with the Bear virus as well. And I wonder if he's really being as forthright as he's typically been in the past. And I just wonder or if that's reading too much into his words and how he said them or what you thought as somebody who's up there all the time, because I don't know if I'm buying what the Bears are selling about their offense being this close. Yeah, in in this instance, I'm probably selling that if you're asking me to buy or sell. Um, I do think that this is a a group here that is is grasping. You know, I think they're grasping that there's an urgency and a desperation that's involved right now um, that creates some feelings to try to find the thing that gives you some sense of encouragement. You know, and, I, you know, look like we, we've lived through this before with previous regimes and, and previous bad teams where where the, the sentiment of, oh, we're close. Oh, if we just took care of these six or seven or eight plays, imagine how different reality would have been when it really that's just a fictitious world that doesn't exist. The Bears obviously have to find a way to hit stride offensively, I think the one thing I consistently take away from Luke is how process oriented he is, how much he tries to keep Justin in that space to understand that um, progress isn't always going to be linear as we found out very, very directly over the first three games of this season. And that you still have to have a faith um, in the, the growth plan and the growth process in a way that allows you to trust in things that are going on around you. I think that's part of trying to instill trust that, that they have his best interest and his development uh, in the right frame of mind as they go forward. Um, but I don't think anything we've seen through the first three weeks of the season in any phase of this football team tells you that they're close or that the word special should be should be attached to any of it. We're a week removed from what you described as one of the more chaotic weeks you've been around in a decade covering the team. That was last week. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This week, I wonder how they bounce back mentally with the damaged psyche and all the losing and the cumulative effect on the team and the players and the coaches and everybody. Because, uh, you know, Brad Biggs, as we talked to Dan, you know, like on the Moline Haw show every morning, it's Biggs time. And <laughs> he described the other day going into the open locker room and not having a lot of, uh, 
not having a lot of enthusiasm, not having a lot of activity or energy. I, I wondered if you sensed the same thing and how you overall would describe how the Bears are responding to 0-3 and the, the way that they lost the third game especially. I'm going to take this in two directions, and I'm going to start with kind of what you mentioned there. And look, like we, you remember very, very clearly two weeks ago, we were talking about the vibes that were out here in week two leading up to that game against the Buccaneers. And I, I just felt a discouragement that lingered after the loss of the Packers that, that, that kind of took a while for this team to get through in it. And it just seeped too deep into week two, and they couldn't get past it. And then obviously a week ago, week three, we know was, as you mentioned, chaotic. And I just, there was a, a, an uneasiness in the building the entire week. So we went from discouragement to uneasiness. I, I, I sense things are calmer inside the building this week, but I don't know what kind of calm that is. You know, obviously it's, it's, it's a little bit after the, the storm passes, there's just the, okay, let's take our, our, our deep breath and, and survey the wreckage and figure out where the first cleanup needs to be done. You know, and I feel like that's kind of where they are right now. They understand they've got an opponent coming to Soldier Field here that is also winless, that should present an opportunity for them to um, maybe do some of the things that they want to do more readily than they were able to do against the defenses that they faced in the first three weeks of the season. Um, and so there's there's that level of, of calm to them. Like, okay, now maybe we can play a possession or two, a quarter or two on our terms and see where that leads us. Now, the other part of this is that I was going to tell you, because I think this is kind of kind of notable on the, the grand scheme is that the media room <laughs> this week, David, uh, there there was a, a heaviness in the media room this week with people looking down at the calendars on the bottom corner of their laptop and going, how is it still September? You know, how are we in this place in week four and thinking about having 14 more weeks in this building of having to go in these locker rooms of, of, of a team that is is just so far from from relevance, so far from you know meaningful competitiveness, and and having to do this dance for another three and a half months, and that, that, that it was significant across the room, and I really felt that starting in the press box in in Arrowhead on Sunday, and it creeped into this week, and then I had a a really kind of a fun but a, a really honest conversation with Eddie Jackson at his locker earlier in the week. And I, I said, Eddie, I know there's a perception in certain pockets that, you know, the media thrives on this, that this is the time where, oh, yeah, great, you know, kick them while they're down. This is what we live for. And I said, it couldn't be further from the truth. And I can tell you from that room in there that everyone is just of, tired of this cycle. And he was laughing and, and, and he said, yeah, I remember 2018. And we started talking about that. I said, remember 2018 when everybody really liked each other, when all the questions we asked were about the fun everyone was having and there was a 10 game stretch where the Bears lost one time and that one loss was in overtime when they came back with a backup quarterback playing and it was like everything for 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 close to three months there was just joyous and it was adrenalizing and everyone loved it it's the complete opposite right now i think everyone is hoping we get some sort of script flip we are i think we're, we understand david that this season sure. not going where 2018 went but let's get something to refresh this in a positive way here soon I think that everybody understands that. And the reason I think, and I've said this before, all those memories from 2018 stand out so much is because they're so few and far yeah. between. You know, it doesn't happen. You can't Five say, years oh, ago. Which, was that the 2019 or 2020 when the Bears <laughs> won a playoff game? They just haven't had these kind of seasons. And that's why uh, you you look at the, the, the historic losing and the, the futility, and it's so frustrating. And I wonder how much that permeates not necessarily the building, but the organization when you see 
guys like Justin Fields on Wednesday. And I, and I don't want to overreact to a podium appearance, but it's also you're the quarterback of the Chicago Bears, so you can't ignore it. And I think that reality and perception in markets like, like Chicago, NFL cities like Chicago, they have this codependent relationship. And sometimes, you know, perception shapes reality and, and sometimes it doesn't. But when you when you are Justin Fields and a week after you, you spend 11 minutes, you know, talking about how you need to play freer and less robotic and, you know, you get into the the, the the coaching issue and, and the controversy and you, you call back guys back. And what we saw and heard from Justin Fields on Wednesday, I think was a, a reminder, just how young he is. Yeah, yeah. Also how little direction and advice that I think he gets, you know, th- this is, this is the part where it, it is, it is maybe something that's overstated a little bit by the media, maybe that cover the team or maybe people in, in talk radio or whatever, but you no. know, I, I, I'm, I'm consistently, amazed and I don't get consistently amazed, but I'm consistently surprised how little teams prepare these players to shape the perception in ways that could be productive for everybody. I think it's an interesting conversation to be honest with you, because I, I, you know, I thought it was a predictable act of defiance from Justin a week after he felt like he had gotten burned by the comments he made up here. I was pretty much expecting him to be in that kind of state of mind. Um, and I, I, I give him that, like, you know, you've got your one opportunity to, to, to lash back at the media in that way, you know, go ahead and take it, you, you know, I'll share this in a minute, but um, I think to your point, you have to understand that as you stare out at a room of yeah, the, the what I'm looking at right now with you know 25 chairs filled, that your your press conference is also being live broadcast on the team's official streams, right on the website, on on X, and on all these other platforms, and you're trying to project. Um, a sense of positivity of, of confidence of, of leadership to more than just the, the people who are in this room, you know, and is it a, a huge thing? Maybe not. Is it something for sure? And I, I think there is a maturity element of that that needs to be developed. Uh, Andrew Janoko, the quarterback's coach, was asked this very specific question by Mark Potash on Thursday evening on whether he cares about the demeanor that Justin brings in his interaction to the media. And he said, look, like we're trying to make him our number one goal is to make him a good football player. But with that, we're trying to make him a more well-rounded person as well. And some of that is growing through these experiences and understanding how to handle them and, and doing so with a grace and a maturity um, that that is befitting of a captain of the team, you know? And so I, like, I, I will tell you that I, I did walk out of the session on Wednesday and I just thought, man, that's just, a, it, it's a missed opportunity to, to take a step of growth in that moment. He can take it going forward. Now I have been trying to get up with Justin since last week. I did finally, and I, I was debating whether to share this on the show, but I did finally get catch up with them in the locker room on Wednesday. And I just directly addressed my part in whatever last week was and said, look, like I hold you to a very high standard here. And I, I I'm critical of a lot of things you do have to hold the, the, the same accountability myself and I have to take ownership of the miss um not not miss just just, just the clumsiness of of the knee-jerk tweet that I put out after his media session last week and and not intending or realizing sort of the the mushrooming whatever that it caused and so you know I, I, we, we talked about it for 90 90 seconds to two minutes and I don't think there was any uh, significant animosity he extended his hand to me and, and and shook it at the end and said I appreciate you coming to me about that and so um, you hope that things like that can be put aside quickly you hope that this demeanor that Justin had Wednesday at his his 
uh, press conference is not one that then persists into week five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Because if he's going to come up here every Wednesday and and present himself in that manner, you're not going to get a lot of people rallying, right? Like it's just going to feel right. like, oh man, this is a defeated team with a leader who's sullen, you know. And and this team can't afford that at this point. And then to your point, I think behind the scenes there has to be some of that messaging on like this is how you handle this and this is how you need to do this for us as an organization because like it or not at 24 years old you're the face of this thing and you've got to take us in the direction that you want us to go interesting so i'm not surprised you approached him i'm glad you did i don't think that you deserved a lot of the criticism you got for the tweet and we don't have to revisit that i just think that you know it got it was over the top for sure that got blown out of proportion as well so um, and I do think those kinds of conversations you have with players that you cover and, and situations that might be misunderstandings, uh, they're productive and they're, they're healthy for the long term. The other, the other thing, and the, and the last thing I have on this is that the, the reason why it becomes an issue in forms like this one or in shorter, more you know, condensed versions of, on sports talk radio or, or in digital uh, platforms or newspapers is because we buy into the idea that, you know, we're told all the time, well, you know, the quarterback in any NFL organization is a guy, when he walks into the building, everybody everybody changes their mood and it changes the temperature in the room. And he's got that kind of power and that kind of reach and it can have that kind of impact. And you look at the Joe Burrows and the Patrick Mahomes and the Josh Allens and the examples that are our guys who that does that does happen in those organizations. And there are a lot of people in town that believe that Justin Fields could be that guy and maybe still believe he can be that guy. When you are that guy or potentially that, that guy, everything matters. Everything matters. And not anything can be dismissed. That's a ton of pressure. But that's why the size of the contracts are what they are. There's a lot at stake here, not just in terms of financial, but the Bears – are a public trust. I interviewed Mayor Brandon Johnson on TV yesterday, on Wednesday night, and, and he talked about the same thing. We say it all the time. When the Bears mean as much as they do to the city of Chicago, and when an NFL team means as much as it can to a city anywhere, then the quarterback takes on a lot, and you can't just dismiss your obligation and responsibility to be an ambassador and a representative and a professional 24 7 365 yeah it's a heavy demand for sure and i you know dj moore spoke to us on thursday afternoon in the locker room and he said he saw justin's uh news conference and he he said i I told him i I told him he needs to smile more and he was joking (laughs) about it but it was a good piece of advice and andrew janoko talked about that as well it's just like the power of a smile and and just still being able to convey charisma amid chaos and that's something that that justin will have to go on i think there's a a perception that you know like like I think you've said it before that it's a uh, evaluation, not an insult, right? Some of the things that we do as analysts. Right. And like, I, I like Justin as an individual. I think he's been a, a, a really good dude to be around for two and a half years. I think he handles himself for the most part, very well in it. What you just described as a very, very demanding responsibility. And so, um, look, he's 24 years old, you know, and there's a lot of, a lot of things that are on his plate that were never on your plate or my plate at age 24. I know I wouldn't have been able to handle it. And so hopefully this is just another piece uh, in his own words of, of adversity that he's able to grow from and mature from and, and, and use in a positive way going forward. All right, let's look at some of the other aspects of this game between the Bears and 